Welcome back to Up The Villa podcast. This is your tactical debrief, an in-depth look at Aston Villa 1, Sheffield United 1. If you're new to our channel, subscribe, drop this video a like and get involved in the comment section down below. So, our winning streak is over. Um, frustrating game, frustrating game. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it reflectively and... I still can't just look at I look at it the same as that I looked at it from yesterday when I walked out the ground. You know, frustrated that we didn't get the win, frustrated that the run's over, frustrated that we didn't go top of the league. But ultimately, we played okay yesterday. Um, and in parts, we did things okay. We controlled the game. We had a lot of possession. Um, but it was what we kind of did with that at the end, which is why we didn't get the win and why, you know, the winning streak hasn't continued, in my opinion. So I'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments section down below. Um, and it just feels like we've got to get used to this. We've got to get used to teams now coming to Villa Park, just looking to defend and then feed off scraps if possible. You know, when I was at the game, they kept putting like 20 minutes, 40 minutes. And, you know, it kept saying Villa, 80% possession. Sheffield United, 18% possession, you know. Um, so I think the one positive um, that I'll start before we really get into it is that, you know, a testament to our style and the way that we are now playing, you know, having the ball, controlling the game, controlling possession, having a team that just wants to sit there and just defend for their lives for 90 minutes. You know, fair play to Sheffield United. They were able to do that game plan. Um, so they do need a bit of credit for that. But nine times out of 10 now, that team will not be winning that game. And I think that's how I'm choosing to look at it as well. You know, yes, we weren't creative enough. Yes, we didn't have enough flair. Yes, we didn't pepper their goals enough but you know on another day we're winning that game and that's how you know I'm sitting here and being reflective there's probably some of you that may be screaming at your tv or however you're listening and watching saying that it was a missed opportunity it was a missed opportunity if we'd have won the game we'd have gone top of the league and that was a missed opportunity but I think as well we've got to look at it and think of where we are you know, we are not the finished article yet. We are still growing as a team. We are still adapting. We are still learning off Unai. So I think these types of results will happen every now and again. And I, and I don't think it's one where we should literally like be losing our shit because we drew to Sheffield United. You know, like I've said numerous times that every team in the op in the Premier League holds their own threat. It holds hold its own permutation of where they are and what they're trying to achieve. So we've gone second in the Premier League. Let's see what happens in Arsenal-Liverpool. We're still in the mix. We're still picking up points. Let's just take it as that, I think, because some of the things I'm going to show you it just is just ridiculous. So stay tuned for... What I'm about to show you, because there's some of these stats which are just a joke. So um, I want to get into, I want to get into what I felt we should have done better first, um, and then we'll go into 
various other graphics and images etc and we'll do the player ratings on this episode as well but what should Villa have done better in this game so we'll see here this is how we lined up I've probably got a couple of their players wrong but yeah I'm not going into changing all their names etc so one enforced change really was Longley coming in so Longley came in for Pau and there's just one area that not but well yeah did it bug me it bugged me a bit that we just didn't do enough we didn't do enough here and i'm probably going to say here you know against a team that are, are playing in this low block they're 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 they've come to defend and there's a couple of opportunities where we got in that sort of 1v1, and I'm just going, just drive, drive them and take them on and beat your man and get that ball in the box. And we just didn't do it enough. And, and those two were areas for me where it left me a little bit frustrated. You know, there was times where I want Bailey to go down there. I want Cash to go down there. I want the ball to get into cash and I want that ball first time in there. Too many times we've got this, this, what is it? Cut back. We, 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 we're cutting back a bit and, and, and it's not necessary against a team like Sheffield United. We need to go down there. We need to go down there. We need to first time go into there and it's start running into those channels. But, not second guessing yourself. The, the the worst thing you can do, and I, and I said this um, about Cash in the last game that he he thinks when he gets the ball instead of before he gets the ball. And I felt not just Cash either in this game. Quite a few of them. It was decision second rather than decision first. And what decision second allows them to do is it allows the opposition to, you know, and I'll be honest, there was times where Bailey was one way, one with the fullback and we, we we waited our time and then that allowed a couple of, that allowed three of them to come across. You know, there was times in the game where I was like, God, Bailey's got one V one here. Why aren't they doubling up on Bailey or why aren't they doubling up on Luca Dean? And it was like, we, we would be so slow that everybody would then come across and then you've got a 3v2. And where can we go? Where can we? We're having to go back into Cash here now. And then Cash is having to go into McGinn. McGinn's having to go into Louise. And then we're having to start that move again. The other frustration that I had as well was that there was a severe lack of movement between um, into this area. I, I was really a bit frustrated at the lack of movement in there. There was, there was, it was so static. I felt a bit sorry for McGinn and Louise at times because I just thought, like, who the who the passing to? There was, there was no one sort of making a run which would allow someone else to move into a space. It was all just very in front of Sheffield United at times, and that was a big frustration. I've got no qualms with Longley. I thought. Power was out, but I thought Longley was did really well. I can't say anything about Longley. Um, 
And yeah, it was just my frustration throughout wide and a, a, a lack of movement, really. Um, so let's go into the stats then and have a look. I mean, some of this will surprise you, some of it probably won't. What is surprising is Aston Villa's possession was 78% and our XG was 0.89. So for all of everything that we've done, we've only got an XG of 0.89. Sheffield United's XG in this game is 0.56. So to me, that tells us everything we need to know. We've not done enough with all of this possession. We had 11 shots, four on target. They had five, two on target. We had nine corners and they had one. We had three big chances and missed two. They had one big chance and missed none. We had 639 passes, 88% passing accuracy, which is fantastic for the amount of passes that we had. They had 188 passes with 62% passing accuracy. Um, and then we've got dribbles of 22%, which we should have been more. You know, it, it needed somebody to just get that ball, take someone on, be expressive, Beat your man, and then you're gonna you're gonna have space to have some end product, and and we didn't. Um, so this was Aston Villa's average positions. And you can see very very dominant. You've got Douglas Louise as the the deepest line player. You've got McGinn in the double pivot. You've got Bailey out wide, and then you've got um, Jacob Ramsey and Luca Dean. So pretty much every Villa player camped inside the Sheffield United half. And then you've got Aston Villa's passing network, which is brilliant. Do you know what I mean? Like, the passing network's brilliant. We're keeping hold of the ball, brilliant. Cutting edge. We've got Sheffield United's average positions. Defend, 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 and leave Cameron Archer up top. And then this is the Sheffield United passing network. This tells you everything about Sheffield United coming to Villa Park to play football or a lack of. But, you know, they came for their point. They got their points. But this is their passing network compared to Aston Villa's passing network. And it's just absolute night and day. Um, so... Frustrating that we just didn't work the ball enough and we didn't create enough and we didn't express ourselves. It, it's really frustrating because, you know, we controlled the game, but unfortunately, we just didn't do enough to win. You've got the shots with XG by the minute, started the game strong, but you can see that there's a massive lull in the middle. There's a massive lull of any type of shot. And again, that's why we didn't win this game because there was that lull and then Sheffield grew into it a little bit. Um, and then we finished really, really strong. The match dominance based on expected threat. You've got Villa at the top, Sheffield United at the bottom. You've got the shot map here as well. Villa in the blue and Sheffield United in the red. But I think, you know, reflecting on the game, the biggest thing I'll say is never give up. Aston Villa. Never give up anymore. We conceded a goal on the 87th minute and we didn't lose. And that shows to me that there's a resolve, there's there's a desire in this group to keep going until the very, very end. And I think that's the biggest point that I can especially take 
from this game is that the 87th minute we conceded, we didn't lose, we've got a point, we've climbed up into second. Just keep going, just keep going. It's not a set, it's not a setback. It's not a setback because we didn't lose, but it's one where we've got to we've got to learn and we've got to realise that teams are now going to start to play this literally anti-football against Villa. You've seen it all your lives against, you know, when teams like Mourinho has played against... I mean, he's part of the bus a few times, but, you know, th these these teams do it and they will just ride their luck and sometimes it'll work, sometimes it won't. Look at Wolves against Man City. Man City absolutely battered them and they ended up losing anti-football. So we've really got to just get, just get on with it and just, yeah... As the sayings go, dust yourself down and, and go again. Uh, but there was a lot of controversy. There was a lot of controversy. There was a lot of VAR. There was a lot of this, that, deserve this, should have got this. And I will imitate our manager. And for me, I am looking at no excuses. I'm not looking at this should have gone our way, that should have gone our way. I'm not. I'm not going into it. Because ultimately, we didn't do enough to win the game. And you could say that those things, if those things had gone our way, then we would have got the result. But we're not that team. We, let, let's not be that team. Let's not be a Mikel Arteta and lose our shit because the, the officials haven't given us stuff to go our way. Let, we'll, we'll just earn it. Just be respectful of the officials. And just earn it on the pitch. And I think that's where I'm at. That's where Emery's at. He never slates the officials. He never slated any officials after the game. He just literally, okay, we get on with it. And I, and I think that's the, that's the best way to be, honestly. Um, and, yeah, I, ju I just don't want to see us whinging, whining that we didn't get this, we didn't get that. Because at the end of the day, like, all those things that I've just shown you, we literally didn't deserve to win. Um, so I'm going to show you them uh, and I'll give you my thoughts on, on those decisions anyway. Um, so this highlights for me the part that I was saying when I went to the tactical pad. We've got into a big area here now. And against these teams that are playing these, these mid and low and these very, very low and the very, 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 very low blocks... This is the area that we have to do the damage. We have to score from these moments like this because, there we go. <coughs> Look at the space. We've got to exploit this. And we do see a pass that goes into DRB and he does manage to get his shot off. But we've got to be more clinical in these areas. We have to be. We have to be more clinical. And then this is the shot that we get away. He does, the RB does good to get his shot away, to be fair. Um, tight angle, you're very rarely going to beat the keeper from there. Um, so we'll go to the first one then. Uh, the Watkins penalty, for me, not a penalty. The, yes, he's got his holding his shirt there, but the initial contact isn't enough for that to be a penalty for me. Um, it's, it would be very, very, very soft if that was given. Uh, so 
I don't think that's a penalty. We then have got uh, the grappling from Ramsey. I've tried to get the good images where you can really see. You can see that his arm is sort of like around his arm doing that motion. Look, it's 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 hardly any contact. No, there's contact there, and I can understand the amount of contact. Does he need to be holding his arm? Probably not. Should it have been a goal? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, look, you can clearly see that he's grappling him there. Um, so I would say, I'd say no. I'd say they, they got that probably right. We know that you can't even stand next to a goalkeeper without it being a foul. So something like that, of course, they are gonna they are gonna rule that out. So again, the handball, it was it wasn't handball. It hit him on his arm, like there, his, his sleeve. So I think all those decisions were fine, in my opinion. Um, now this is a point where it annoys me. And this has all stemmed from the Durant penalty check, the red card check. And we've lost concentration and Archer's scored. And this all stems from a bit of petulance, I think. And it's got to stop. Um, we've got to stop doing it because, for me, this is where this whole goal stems from. Um, so... Really, really frustrating. But then we keep going and Zaniolo scores. And big up to Zaniolo because he's had a lot of hate. He's had a lot of hate. And I think he needs a bit of credit here now because he's just saved us. So, you know, he scored against Zerinsky. He scored again. And I'm going to say it. He's the only player that I think in this game has run across players to get on the end of anything. Everything that I saw was very static, was very peeling off, standing in front, trying to get looking, but not. Zaniolo is the only one that I have seen that has ran through players to get on the end of something. That ball from Dougie is world-class, but that run is absolutely sublime. The run to get in between those two players and get contact on that ball to head it in is unbelievable, fantastic, and fair play to him because he's had so much stick. And it, in my opinion, it's not it's not warranted. It's really not warranted. The, the amount of stick he's been getting, and I think it's just. It's really frustrating because I think we have to give players time all the time. We have to give them time. And again, he's popped up when needed to salvage us a point. And that's absolutely massive. And if that's the only goal he scores all season and he salvaged us that point and we get top four by a point, fair play, Zaniolo. Um, so yeah, big up Zaniolo, massive credit, you know, that you look at that desire to get on the end of that, you know, the amount of 
stick he's had and the desire to get on the end of that for this team and he's banging that badge. Massive, massive respect for Zaniolo. Massive respect because it was absolutely huge. So I think, you know, you've seen enough stats. You've seen enough to make your own mind up of, of, of how you felt like that game went. Again, I've just been as, as brutally honest as I possibly can be. And yeah, I've just shown my, my vibe and my thoughts, really. Um, so we'll go into the player ratings quickly. We'll have a little individual look at um, the player ratings and we'll go from there. So um, I'll shoot through them really quickly. Um, Martinez. Seven didn't really have to do too much, did he? Uh, Longley, I'm going to give a seven. I felt like he had a decent game. Consat, I'm going to give a seven. I felt like he did handle Archer pretty well. Luca Dean, I'll go five. Didn't see too much. Didn't off offer too much of a threat. Cash, cutting back a lot. Lacks that drive. Lacks that clinical end product, uh, which is starting to get a little bit frustrating for me. Uh, Douglas Louise, I'll go six. McGinn, I'll go seven. I felt like McGinn was the orchestrator in there all game. Ramsey needs to up his game very, very quickly uh, because when Tielemans is back, um, yeah, I think Tielemans is a shout to go straight back in. Ramsey just needs to get minutes and offer a bit more, show himself a little bit more. Um, I think he's he's disappearing a little bit in games and I just want to see him a little bit more. Bailey, six, felt like he did okay. DRB, five, did okay. Need to see more, especially from those two uh, in this game. Watkins, five, didn't seem too much. Duran needs to sort this petulant side out quickly. Um, he's a red card waiting to happen. Moreno, could have scored, should have scored, go six. And Zaniolo, he'll get an eight. So Zaniolo saved the day, man of the match for me. Um, so, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Second in the league. Let's not be too disheartened by it. You know, we're in a great position um, and these results are going to happen. You know, we've just got to deal with it. Do you know what I mean? Deal with it, get over it, just keep going. United on Boxing Day. Um, and then we've got Burnley at home, and then that's just done for the year. So um, two games to go. I imagine there'll be some rotation. There needs to be a bit of rotation, I think. Um, but yeah, so what we're going to do, we have got the Manchester United match preview tomorrow on Christmas Eve. Um, there won't be an opposition preview. Um, just, you know, it's Christmas, in it? Um, so I'll do everything in the match preview tomorrow. Uh, we have got a Christmas special coming out on Christmas Day. We have got a Christmas quiz. So wouldn't you have all had your turkey and you're lying on the sofa and you're just chilling and there's a Villa quiz. All four of us are on it going head to head so you can play along at home. So we've got that dropping on Christmas Day and then we will have our match reaction on Boxing Day and then just turn our attention to Burnley. So, yeah, might not be opposition previews around Christmas just because, you know, 
it's Christmas in it. So, um, but we'll, you know, there'll still be all the other content, um, but just not opposition previews. Um, so, yeah. Cheers, everyone. Up the villa.